0: Hello, hello and welcome. Welcome back to those of you who are fellow listeners and welcome to those of you who are new to the security token show, our newly formatted version. Kyle, I'm loving it. Great to see you as always. My co-host, my co-founder. How are you today?
1: Herwig, we have another amazing week of news. I am doing great. The industry, we're starting to see some percolations as everyone's getting excited around new innovations. Everyone's tired of the bear market. So we have a great lineup of news as well as a couple of guests
0: that we're going to get to later on in the show, don't we? We do. It's going to be a great show for the first time ever in four years. We're going to have some live guests coming in on. It's going to be great. I'm very excited, Kyle. The first We've got to get into our token debrief and cover the latest, shall we? Let's get into it. Well, we're bringing on today a special guest, as always, from the team this week, Jason Barraza, our COO at Security token Market. He's been in the industry for years. He's been helping run the industry, making it happen. What's going on, Jason?
2: Happy to be here. Thanks for bringing me on. Always excited to cover the news. When we get started, here what do we have first? Let's do it. We're
0: gonna we're gonna start off here with number six today. Big news out of the OCC. Michael Su. He's uh come out with some big news. He's actually sometimes seen as a crypto critic, if you will. Uh, but I actually happen to love what he recently said in a speech about tokenization. Truly separating the two. Uh, actually pointing out that crypto is still replete, quote unquote, with uh, fraud and and bad actors, but not tokenization, citing 35 to 65 percent in uh, post settlement uh, use cases, as well as many other savings across the board from tokenization. Guys, this is pretty awesome, right? This is a big, big uh, part of the ecosystem, the OCC. Who's got some thoughts on this? 35 to 65
1: percent is wild. We've heard you know anywhere from three to five percent we've seen even you know 25 to 75 basis points be quoted I think by a, a research group sponsored by, the government. So there have been all over the map in terms of, of where the benefits are. I haven't yet seen 35 to 65% savings. I think this is, he's probably referencing specifically on settlement costs or something like that, as opposed to referencing like total volumes or, or something along those lines. So perhaps the nominal value is similar when you take, you know, A couple percent of all transactions versus, you know, 35 percent on just settlement expenses. But I think this is huge. It's great to see that it's undeniable that there are serious cost savings here and efficiencies that can be leveraged. So great to see Michael Sue coming out and saying this.
2: Really love this. I mean, we've seen again to Kyle's point, right? We've seen different types of figures left and right. We've seen from Intane in terms of you know, like call it 100 basis point savings on the back and middle office operations. But this is crazy. I mean, it's obviously a bigger chunk of the life cycle that he's talking about. I do want to mention too that something else you know Michael Sue brought up was the fact that. It doesn't have to be decentralized. You know, it's essentially it's just distributed ledger technology that he's referencing for tokenized securities. Um, again, harding, uh, harnessing on the point that he's saying, like this, we're not talking about crypto. We're not even talking about stablecoins. It's just. technology for securities and so that's just something to to keep in mind because that's something that a lot of institutions bring up people it's brought up in conversations before what is you know what is decentralization is it really needed And at the end of the day it's like no it's just really a technology that these institutions are working together on to work and increase you know how fast they can settle any kind of transaction. so really great news coming from michael sue
0: yeah, of course, you guys are a little biased, but I think that makes a lot of sense. And no, I think Kyle's spot on, too, whether it's basis points in savings or whether you can truly quantify, you know, these specific use cases where 35 to 65 percent in some capacity is providing savings or efficiencies or, you know, many other benefits. So I, I think it's great. I love how he really tries to make a distinction between crypto and tokenization. Uh, and I think that narrative is going to continue well into to 2024 and into number five Herwig,
1: we do have the inx and republic acquisition we have some updates on this acquisition now if you don't remember in june republic announced that they were going to acquire a nine and a half percent stake in inx which is the ats that trades digital securities famously that was actually open finance back in the day then inx acquired it after they did a huge token sale for a security token. And in that deal, not only were they acquiring this minority stake, but there's actually plans to acquire 100% of the company at a valuation of around 120 million as early as Q3 of this year, which is right now, if not already passed at this point. So the update here is that they did extend the deadline between the two companies to finalize that acquisition until February of 2024. So they did reaffirm their commitment to this transaction. It looks like it's gonna go through. They just needed to work out some extra things. So by February, we should see this acquisition going through. Gentlemen,
0: what do we think? I'm happy to jump on this one. Uh, I think this is great. Uh, you know, it, it, a, lot, a lot of people could have interpreted that clause in their initial investment of the acquisition terms as, you know, just kind of fluff or cherry on top. It's great to see that both firms are kind of confirming to the, to the market that they're still trying to pull this off, that they've extended the deadline to, to potentially make this happen. So, Republican and INX are some of the leading platforms when it comes to focusing on retail investors, right? So I love that they are, in a, in a sense, getting married. Republic is amazing at helping uh, companies raise money from the crowd, but they don't necessarily have a liquid venue. INX has been, you know, trailblazing in that that opportunity to create liquidity in a secondary market for a lot of these companies is, is a big thing for the industry, a big thing for all those investors and for the markets. So yeah, I love it,
2: Kyle. Yep, yep. And, you know, aside from the acquisition, we also have, and they did clarify, by end of this year, so a little sooner than acquisition time, they are still working to confirm, you know, the integration of Republic wallet onto INX and Mm -hmm. uh, Republic's note onto uh, INX uh, secondary markets. So we still have that to look forward to by the end of 2023. Um, so also some reaffirming news there. But moving in to number four, we have the UAE planning to tokenize bonds using HSBC Orion and listing them on the Abu Dhabi Securities Exchange, ADX. Gentlemen, what do we think about this piece of news?
1: hsbc orion has really been a huge adopter this is an institutional vehicle that has been leveraged this platform by hsbc to launch all kinds of different blockchain offerings they're doing tokenized gold they're doing bonds they're doing all kinds of different issuances this is really i think where we're seeing the most traction in the tokenized security sector is a lot of these large financial institutions creating these platforms to provide that underwriting support, to provide a lot of the compliance and to see it scale. So I think it makes a ton of sense. And again, it really pushes through this idea of a global institutional network of capital, of financing. Every bank, every institution around the world wants to collaborate to drive more liquidity into their markets, into their core business practices. And it seems like tokenization is allowing them to do that even more efficiently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the UAE has been huge on on blockchain and, you know, kind of directing their whole ecosystem and economy to to go towards this. And so national capital markets are a part of that. It's great to see that the ADX is getting involved like that. I don't think you normally see the, the Abu Dhabi exchange in the traditional finance headlines too much. You know, they don't really dominate that. That's that's reserved typically to New York and London and some other places. but. Um, now they're getting headlines because they are, you know, working with institutional uh, deals here. You know, this is HSBC. Uh, and so I think this is a great transaction that normally, you know, would maybe go over a lot of people's heads, uh, maybe even still in this industry. But that's why we're putting a spotlight to it, because this is big activity. This is a big Big transaction This is going to lead the way to many more banks coming in and doing deals with the ADX, uh, and again, putting the UAE uh, forward on this blockchain for you know first uh narrative. So, I think this is an, an awesome headline. And with that, I think we can head into number three, uh, which is big news bond blocks. They are officially announcing a series B. You just don't hear too many. Uh, it's an OG company in this space doing a series B. Raising six million from major institutions, K Bank, City, uh, as well as many others, Beacon Venture Capital. Uh, so uh, there, you know, some could offer some criticism that they are using. We say DLT right here because they are using Hyperledger uh, for their platform. And so it's not necessarily using a public chain. That often brings up a a debate. But you got to look at the facts here. They have major banks backing major money into a bond platform. Uh, So there are real savings, real efficiencies, real opportunities being presented here. Uh, And naturally, this is, of course, out of Asia. Um, So this is a a big deal uh, that this is once again proof that you know, again, whether we're talking about the Middle East or the APAC or even Europe, they they tend to be very forward thinking and opportunistic when it comes to these opportunities. And since bond blocks launched in 2020, I think they've been doing a lot to, again, fractionalize uh, investing. Their whole pitch is, you know, making it easier to invest as little as a thousand dollars. So what does everybody think about this? This fluff is this, this big deal for the industry? What do you guys think? I think this is
2: great. You know, you're adding more fuel to the fire on the private credit side, uh, which is something that's been growing uh, tremendously this year specifically. It's been a great one of those uh, uh, themes that we've seen in terms of new issuances. So, uh, great to see Bond Blocks' role here and just adding more funding to what they're working on. You know, as you, we talked, you mentioned before, right? They're fractionalizing bonds, things that usually have you know high uh, you know barriers to entry in the, in the way that they're structured. Now they're targeting about 500 million investors designated as essentially Henry's, right? Or the high earner, not rich yet. There's a lower level of credited investors at, for the most part. So really great to see Bombbox and K-Bank uh, you know, working together on this. City, as you mentioned, is involved and we just saw City Token Services come out. So curious to see what other involvements and evolution might come from that relationship later on.
1: Yeah, it's great to see the venture market coming back a little bit as well. There are so many tech companies in across this, this institutional infrastructure industry. And, you know, building technology is not a cheap process and making sure that you're legally compliant is not a cheap process. So a lot of these startups, a lot of these innovators need that initial capital in order to build the platform, which then they can monetize and scale. This is the whole idea behind venture capital as an industry. It's what kind of goes against a lot of traditional finance because a lot of what they do is so successful they can maintain. Whereas with fintech, it does take a lot of that upfront assets. So to see more investment coming into this market for the smaller players, I think, is great news because it can provide that key lifeline to driving innovation. So it's great to see from me. And in the number two guys we have investa x they are launching their tokenization platform they're based in singapore they've been live for years but they have now integrated with coinbase's base which is that layer two ethereum blockchain solution as we talked about investa x is leveraged through the monetary authority of singapore they have their licenses there and Base, we've talked about this a couple weeks in a row now, seems to be a up and coming blockchain that now a lot of people are using. We're seeing more traction in the security token space, especially with the fact that Coinbase is a huge institutional lender and and custodian of digital assets. It seems like this blockchain continues to get a ton of support and adoption. InvestX, the newest player on the
2: block. I feel like we're hearing Base come out in the news headlines week after week after week. right? We had them launch. And yeah and the tail end of the summer, if you will. Then we had Backed Finance come on as one of their first security tokens. And last week, we talked about Maple Finance, and now we have this with InvestEye. So, BASE is really on the run here, really coming out with the headlines. Love to see that traction. And let's remember, Coinbase has a lot of retail users, which is going to be really interesting to see for IX Swaps, considering that they just launched their launchpad uh, earlier this year and is targeting some of those retail investors uh, for access to uh, you know these different types of assets, tokenized assets. Um, great to see Coinbase Prime, Web3 Wallet also being on there as a self-custody self, self, self custody solution um, as well as Coinbase Prime. So congratulations to both um, IXSwap and MSX as well as Coinbase.
0: That's yeah, a huge announcement. Uh, it used to be that Coinbase, uh, even up until the summer before base launched, that you really wouldn't hear too much talk about tokenization or security tokens or, or some of these efficiencies. And now... Uh, With I feel like the crypto markets embracing this RWA trend, uh, you know, trying to tie in real world assets to to tokens, you know, Coinbase has that beautiful bridge uh, and partnering with someone like InvestX to be able to offer the uh, compliance layer Coinbase with the audience and, and some of the technology like the wallet. Uh, that's the future folks. If if you, if you don't believe it, you know, this is, these are the headlines. This is what's happening. Uh, and then the next few years, you're going to see this as a very common thing that I think people are going to be using, uh, base because of their audience, because of their, their technology, um, and that's going to be really great for RWAs for, for tokenization in general because it does make it easier to reach that retail crowd. A lot of the benefits of decentralization or using blockchain relies on, you know having a, a large market. Um, so this is I, I think pretty key to all that. So I'd love to see that. And moving into our, our biggest news of the week, folks, JP Morgan, uh, their Onyx division, of course, they announced uh, what they call the Holy Grail for for them, uh, which is essentially programmable payments for their institutional clients within JPM Coin. Uh, so that means that they'll actually be able to enable their clients for all kinds of use cases within JPM's uh, you know ecosystem for. You know, payments uh, for, for potentially other use cases that we've seen them put together, like with their collateralization network and their repo market. I, I believe this is a big step to enabling their, their clients to start really building on JPM as opposed to, to JPM's Onyx division, putting out the products and then having their clients come to them. Uh, I'm curious, of course, this being such big news, you know, JPM continues, their Onyx exhibition continues to be a huge leader in the space. What does everybody think here? Kyle, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, this is cool because JPM
1: Coin, we've, we've heard and we've read about how it's doing billions in transactions. We talked about that previously on the show. I think that the question always had been, is this more of an internal unit of account and transactional system? Or is this an external products that they're offering to their broker dealer syndication networks? And I think this announcement is one of those products that is certainly more external focused. They're building all types of digital banking solutions. These are things that they traditionally would have a lot of their internal individuals and employees running and managing these things between treasury operations and all kinds of digital business models. This is pretty important. So it's great to see them really looking to externally work with outside institutions, outside clients, and integrating some of their private banking transactions into this blockchain solution, I think that cross-border payments was a huge focus for them, which, again, we're talking about a global transactional system, like you mentioned in one of the previous articles here. Um, but again, I think it's it's interesting that they note in the article that it's awaiting regulatory approval in the U.S., so they're thinking about international transactions and processes as well. And we've seen this even just in the crypto innovation space. A lot of these companies have been exploring the international theater. We've seen, you know, different jurisdictions, whether it's the EU or the Monetary Authority of Singapore or a dozen other ones launching guidelines and and opportunities to work in the digital asset ecosystem. We've yet to see anything like that in the US. And it, it continues to create this question mark around, should we be hedging against if nothing actually does happen? You know, where are the innovation, you know, going to be coming from?
2: I think you guys hit it, you know, pretty much spot on. You know, great to see that they have an actual, <clears throat> an actual client testing this out, right? You have Siemens AG from Germany uh, out here doing this, and you know, uh you know, someone on their team, Peter uh, Rothke, was talking about how it impacts them. He said this will take Siemens to the next level of automation, not only to optimize the use of working capital, but also to enable data driven digital business models and support the scalability of our Siemens business from the treasury side. So really great to see it's, you know, there's an active client going on. And by the end of 2023, we should be expecting FedEx as well as Cargill to also make use of this solution. So fantastic, congratulations on another great um, event and, and solution here from the Onyx team.
1: All right. And with that guys, that's our top 5. I think that or top 6 today actually. And I think that we can transition if uh if we have no other thoughts Herwig onto our next segment. Let's do it. All right. Well, we are into our next segment. This time I get to do a special guest interview with Alexiv uh, Tal We've done a few interviews. We've got some new content launching next week. But this focus here is about you and the book that you are coming out with. Could you just give us a high-level overview of everything about blockchain properties?
3: All right. So um, very briefly about the book. The book is uh, launching officially next Tuesday. It will be announced in the... uh, uh, Digital Assets Week in London, but um, it uh, the the ebook was already on Amazon for the last week, and it's already a, a number one bestseller, even though it wasn't uh, officially announced. So uh, uh, pretty excited about this. The book is is kind of interesting because um, I've been publishing articles about uh, blockchain for the last three years, and uh, the book really. Came out of this, looking back and realizing that the last three years uh, have been an amazing journey uh, in the growth and proliferation of this technology across multiple industries, and uh, also beginning to see very significant trajectory. We talked, you know, the the, the top six items uh, you just talked about were kind uh, of uh, traces in the sand of exactly what what we're talking about here. Uh, by the way, it's interesting because two out of the six are portfolio companies of uh, Spice One, <laughs> uh, which is uh, also exciting. Um, it's it's important to say the book is not a technology book and it's not a how to book about blockchain. Um, it's really a book that looks at uh, a lot of the interesting things that happened in blockchain and the ecosystem over the last uh, three years um from different perspectives looking at this as an investable universe looking at geopolitical changes and how they across the world and how they impact the blockchain evolution and how blockchain impacts some of the um, geopolitical processes um, looking at many industries and what value gets created by blockchain where it uh, how it was implemented and where is it going over time and um, and uh, uh, seeing some of the political and social processes behind uh, what is going on. Um, And I think the the real interesting part is looking at those three years for the purpose of really taking glimpses into the future and understanding where it's going. um, And hopefully it's uh, thought -provoking, provoking and driving people to have interesting thoughts about um, where it's going and hopefully driving them to action based on, uh, on uh, insights they get from, uh, from the book.
1: Well, I've had a chance to read it myself and I actually am fortunate enough to be featured in the book. So thank you for sure. giving me that opportunity. Um, I think that the other question I had for you is around just your perspective as a leading venture capital investor here in this industry. What do you see the outlook looking like for 2024? Where is your firm focused and and what do you see is is what are your prophecies for the next year?
3: So um I'll say several things. First, 2024 is going to be a very interesting year. We've seen some signs already, uh, anywhere from um, uh, crypto winter beginning to thaw, uh, and uh, also in terms of um, kind of very major institutional adjo- adoption of uh, blockchain technology across uh, internal processes. Um, we talked about settlements, payment, uh, security transactions, real-world assets. Real-world assets uh, tokenization is going to be a big thing, not only next year, but in years to come. But next year is definitely going to be a, a big thing to watch. Uh, major adoption. We'll see significant progress next year in terms of CBDCs. Uh, we'll see, I think, some interesting turmoil uh, because of regulation around... Um, stable coins and uh, DeFi uh, protocols. So that should be fairly interesting uh, as well. And um, um, I, I think these are some of the interesting things I have to say about next year. I think that next year is going to be a very interesting year because a lot of things will happen uh, in the blockchain space. And it's going to be a very non-boring year. Uh, sure. if you can look at 2023 as a boring year. 2024 is not. And um, there is an uh, article I just published uh, a few days ago with uh, 10 different predictions for 2024. I won't go through it here, but if people want, they can uh, go read it uh, and definitely go read the book. Uh, it's uh, fairly out there in terms of uh, what is yet to come. Exciting. And for companies that might
1: want to get in touch with you, hear more about your investment thesis and, and potentially pitch you or find out more about the book, learn about what what you're working on, Where the best way to get in contact?
3: So um, uh, just on the on the website, SpiceVC.com, um, any uh, anybody who is either interested in investing in the in the fund or being invested by the fund. Um there's a way to contact us and we'll talk to everybody.
1: Wonderful. Tal, thank you so much. Anybody watching this, we actually have a full length interview with Tal that will be out as of next week. I think it's Tuesday for the launch of his book. Congratulations on publishing and we hope to talk to you soon.
0: Thank you. Same here. Hello! What a great interview we just had with with Tall, and now we get our second uh, for the first time ever on the show. I have the pleasure to introduce Tyler Vincent to probably for the first time to many uh, a, a new player in the space, announcing big news. They've raised capital. Uh, RE Tokens, if you haven't put it together, of course, real estate tokenization is their focus. We're using the Polymesh blockchain. Tyler, it's great to have you. You know, Please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your company.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, I think the most significant thing about RE Tokens is that we truly service Uh, third party in the space most of the real estate tokenization companies out there are having to acquire the real estate to offer the security tokens to where we actually service uh, the issuers themselves in the real estate space we call them syndicators or operators Um, but we don't need to acquire this we're here to prop up those folks already in the industry because our goal is to bring as many high-quality real estate assets as possible on chain so those retail investors uh, can invest in them and we can really push that adoption curve. So at RE Tokens, that's really the biggest thing is we're servicing those asset owners and those capital raisers out there uh, to be able to access a much broader market.
0: That's fantastic. And maybe expand a little bit on, I think many on the show know why tokenization is the answer maybe tell us a little bit more about your selection on Polymesh and and the team uh, behind that and how that's been helpful to RE tokens.
4: Yeah, we looked at a lot of different blockchains. In fact, our first tokenization projects uh, were uh, Polygon, of course, uh, and the Ethereum blockchain built onto there. Uh, But as we looked into the regular environment and what we believe is to come, we decided to go with a purpose-built blockchain that is made specifically for securities and security tokens. So the Polymesh chain is purpose-built for security tokens, and we believe that regulators are are going to want to see that. Um, All the node operators there are regulated entities, so that's one big difference uh, with that blockchain. And then the capital raise that we're doing, that's something our investors really, really found uh, solace in. That and, of course, our revenue model, uh, because our revenue model is based on our customers' success. So, uh, those folks that are uh believe in real estate is an investment and that the future is digital uh our capital raise has been uh one that they've been interested in. We're about sixty percent full uh on that, but we do have some space available uh for those folks that are interested in real estate investment but also the digital asset space
0: no that's that's fantastic it's a that's a great answer and it's It's always great to see. You know, the infrastructure, as I like to call it, of the, the industry, raising capital and giving everybody an opportunity to participate um, and, and uh, really interesting about Polymesh. I'd love to a little more, a little bit more about how you speak to syndicators, as you mentioned, as kind of like your target. Do you mention the blockchain components? And, you know, you spoke on, in the press release about the, the you know, benefits of digital assets and their agility. You know, does that come up often in the conversations or are you more focused on some of the end results of the technology?
4: Well, I get so excited about blockchain technology and digital assets that I did start uh, trying to educate the real estate community in that fashion. And what I found is it was less important than uh, speaking to them about how it can enhance their real estate and what they're uh, already doing. Real estate's a dinosaur industry and a lot of these folks already have systems that work. So instead of uh, teaching them about the technology, I've understood what their challenges are in the real estate space. Uh, uh, One of the big ones is accessing equity, uh, locked up equity in these deals, as well as capital raising, and then showed them how digital fractions of their real estate or tokenizing those securities can really solve a lot of those problems. In fact, to let the cat out of the bag a little bit, we're in current development uh, with an ATS uh, and a co-op with some other folks in the space to truly offer a robust secondary market for real estate tokens and real estate investments because there's such a pent-up demand out there for folks that want to invest in real estate but the entry barriers are so high to be able to do that. So when we show the sponsors, the syndicators, the issuers, uh, how they can access those markets much easier through tokenizing, through making their ownership digital and fractionalizing that, it's a real game changer for the real estate industry.
0: I, I, I absolutely buy into that vision completely, Tyler. Uh, you know, it's great. It's great to also have you as part of the STA Success Network uh, and it's great yeah. to see now that you're putting together your ecosystem uh, and that I'm sure we're going to see a lot more announcements from RE tokens down the line. Anything you want our audience to to know as you as we conclude?
4: Uh, no, I think you will see a lot more announcements from us. We are uh, doing some very cool things in the space that are not currently uh, done. U.S. based, uh, as mentioned earlier, we're really one of the only U.S. based real estate tokenization platforms Uh, That serves third party. So, no, if you want to uh, keep a thumb on our pulse, uh, we're easy to find on LinkedIn and have a strong presence there. You can connect with me, uh, Tyler Vincent, by uh, searching that on LinkedIn. Or, of course, we have an RE tokens page there. The real estate folks that are interested can, of course, visit the website, and I'll just put the last plug that uh, we do have some space available in the equity we're selling for the capital raise. That's a press release that we most recently did, but we're very excited over here and also excited to be connected with uh, the Success Network uh, and leverage you guys and just really work together because we really believe it's a rising tide that raises all ships uh, in fact, we think that the adoption of this is really the most important thing, and that comes with education. So we're going to be very education focused, and uh, you can visit those resources to see what we're doing in the real estate space for security tokens.
0: Thank you, Tyler. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and I'm sure we'll hear again from you very soon. Let's head over to Sounds Companies Thank, of- you. Thank you, Tyler. What a great show, Kyle. But of course, we can't end it without first putting the spotlight on who we thought made some of the biggest moves this week in the industry. I'm going to let you kick it off, Kyle.
1: So Herwig, I'm here drinking the Kool-Aid of the base blockchain. I think that it's really cool to see some of these more institutional adoption. And so I wanted to give my company of the week to invest X. They are a partner of ours. We've worked with them on many different things across multiple years now, doing all kinds of promotional things and, and sharing data. And, and they've been a great partner of ours. And it's very cool to see that they're not just resting on the laurels of the technology that they've already built. They're continuing to innovate. They're trying to drive new sources of traffic and new integrations with the the trends, which in the blockchain space can be really difficult because it's moving so quickly. So wanted to shout out the InvestX team for, for constantly innovating and, and, and pushing the boundaries of the security token industry.
0: That's nah, big news, and that's a big win for Investa X and for Base. Uh, I think that's trailblazing stuff. I, I absolutely agree. That's a it's a good award uh, for me, Kyle. Like I'm going I'm to have to give it to HSBC. Um, you know, not just for their Orion news, uh, which you know naturally they've been a huge part of that. You know, experiment to tokenize bonds, and, and now they're working, of course, with the UAE, but also. They made a big announcement about the fact that they are going to be offering custody services specifically for tokenized securities um, to institutional clients. So for tw- that's all for 2024, of course. Um, so this is big news because they recognize the value of issuing on this technology. They recognize the, the future opportunity of providing custody services to folks who are going to need it. They recognize the future is tokenized gold. Uh, as well as tokenized securities, of course. Uh, and so you know, we saw this with Citi. Uh, HSBC is yet another mega bank uh, to come out and join the foray this year. Ah, uh, with official services for uh, institutions. So that, that's why I had to put a spotlight on it, Kyle. It makes to a ton of me. sense.
1: Those are our two winners. Of course, we're we're only about a month away from picking our company of the year, which is nominated by all of our company of the week winners. We have about a hundred over the course of 50 plus episodes of this show that we've been doing now for four and a half years. So I think that's it, Herwig. If you, if you like the show, like, subscribe, leave us some comments, please share any of your feedback. And maybe if you wanna join for a newest headline, come on in, shoot us a message and we'll work you into the calendar. Thanks
0: for watching and we'll catch you next Monday. Meanwhile, happy tokenizing.